As followers of Christ, we are faced with new norms and societal changes that may differ from our worldview. We see fads continue to shape not only our culture, but our beliefs as well. Are we following the trends of life, or are we seeking after the deeper truths which God places before us? We'll discuss these questions and more in Trend or Truth. Hello and welcome back. This is Zorn again from the Amp Station. Uh, back to talk about Messy Grace. Um, had a really good discussion last week. kind of laid out the characters for everyone. Uh, got the same characters with me today uh, from the Claremore Church of the Nazarene, Wes Hostler. Hey, hey. And then, of course, uh, from here and also the uh, Church on the Move, uh, Mason Phillips. What's up? So uh, I felt like we had a really good talk last week. I don't, I don't know. I, I was really pumped afterwards. You guys didn't seem near as pumped as I did. Uh, but I thought we covered the the characters really well. What do you guys I think? think? So. Did, I think so. After y'all listened back to it, feel good about it? Yeah. I mean, I just have a different level of respect for these people in in this whole. That's true. Yeah. You know, series and it it's encapsulates i think what caleb calton was trying to accomplish is get to know these people yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's really good i like that the uh you know respect is is a good word uh it's one of those things that i think if you can respect someone then you can kind of uh want to draw near to them and get to know them a little bit better and that's what caleb's trying to get everybody to do is just get to know them before you make a decision on whether they're christian enough or good enough or or whatever you know and so i think it's a really good uh good topic and uh, so we're going to get back into it. We're going to we're going to talk about messy grace again, and we'll we'll go more into some of the topics that they uh, they discussed on the show. The the uh, what's it called? I can't even think of what I'm trying to say now. The uh, video series that they did. Um, one of the things is, do you believe that sex outside of marriage is wrong? And we asked this in the Zoom meeting. Got some. Got. Uh, I actually did a poll. Remember, and we got unanimous that everybody thought that sex outside of marriage is wrong. Um, but so just kind of, let's just kind of talk about that a little bit. What do you guys think? It is a sin. I mean, you have to get into the conversation uh, about sin and about, you know, how people determine right and wrong for their lives. And, you know, for every one of us, we have to wrestle with certain questions and figure out, uh, what it means to us and why it's important. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, it's definitely when you're going into that conversation with somebody about whether or not it's a sin, and I agree that it is uh, being a Christian, but uh, when you're going into that conversation, it's really uh, can be really difficult sometimes because that's not the way our world sees it because there's so many people that think that, well, it's my life. I can choose that for myself. But uh, it, it comes down to that God designed marriage to be between a husband and wife, and going outside of the confines of that design, it's not that you're doing something against God per se, which I would say you are, but it's more so you're doing something to yourself because you're uh, creating a boundary between right. you and God, and it takes you away from the safety of of His uh, His presence. I think that's such a good point because sometimes that's what we get caught up in which sin it is, mm-hmm. and that's where we start drawing hard lines. We, you know. Okay, you're having sex outside of marriage. I'm I'm through with you know, and we should right. never draw hard lines. We should again be trying to get to know people, but we do that with homosexuality. We do that with the LGBTQ community. We we tend to write them off because their sin is so bad when we probably have something in our lives that we need yeah. to be dealing with, and 
would love it if someone was there to help us and support mm-hmm. us through it, pray us through it, pray with us through it, and things like that. So that's that's a yeah. really good point. Yeah, and it, it's it's uh, sexual immorality, it's lying, thievery, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's just that you're creating a boundary between you and God. That's all it is. And the Bible is really not really a list of do's and don'ts, but it's an instruction on how to live a relationship with other people and with God. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, I, I'm just curious what you guys think, and I don't I don't mean to throw our Wednesday night crew under the bus, but but we that Thursday night crew is pretty seasoned Christians. Would you guys agree mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. So the Wednesday night has those some of those same people, but there are some people that that maybe aren't so seasoned. Do you believe that they would have unanimously answered in that group that it was definitely uh, wrong to have sex outside of marriage? Knowing the majority of that group, I think so. Uh, but there are times when I would say that it could be a toss-up because we do get a lot of different kinds of people on the Wednesday night group. It's kind of what started this podcast because it, you know, it's one of those things. It's a trend that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I don't want to say in churches necessarily because I don't believe there are many churches that would promote that that's okay. Um, and I, what I mean by okay is that uh, it's not a sin. It's okay to be in our place and in our presence. We're going to love you through it, but, but it's different than mm-hmm. whether it's a sin or not. So you got any thoughts on it there, Wes? I mean, it's complicated. How many, time, how many times are we going to... You just save that for every show. I do, I do. And it it's serious in that we don't consider all the details and the background involved with understanding romantic relationships and what what does it mean to have a solid definition of marriage because I had to reevaluate for myself, even as an adult, um, you know, with kids that are adults and try to articulate marriage in a way that wasn't just some um, tradition or set of rules that was laid down by what I've heard not by what I've understood in the context of Scripture and how, you know, uh, Jesus laid it out. Because you you take the word marriage and you try to build it up from scratch and what it looks like and what it means, and you automatically go through the steps in your mind about, you know, how you got married or how, you know, people always talk about the uh, process. And it doesn't all look the same depending on the culture. Right. And so, you know, we've talked about this multiple times, and it is hard to agree with some of the pressures or expectations that the church or the religious, you know, rules have placed on people. Sure. And so I think that is a legitimate question that people have today. And, you know, uh, whatever generation, whether you're talking about millennials or Z or, or whatever, to ask what marriage really is. And and when I did that, I had a tendency to go, you know what? You're right. You know, that, that marriage is not just a license that you get, you know, it's not just a piece of paper. It's not just the ceremony, you know, because uh, ceremony could be done, you know, anywhere at any time by a justice of the peace. And, you know, I could go on in detail and I don't know that we want to go there, all I want people to know is that don't um, treat people like they're ridiculous if they don't fall into the sort of traditional ideas of what marriage is. Right. 
I uh, and I can fully agree with that because Kimberly and I's marriage wasn't a, a godly marriage. Not that we were thugs totally, but that's not why we got we got married for the legal reasons. I mean, you know, we got married so that we could start filing taxes together. We got married. I mean, we loved each other. Don't get me wrong, uh, and we knew that we wanted to be together. But there was no covenant. There was no the God just wasn't in it, you know, uh, until much later. And, and of course, then we had to. Uh, uh, and when our lifestyle changed and when our life changed, then God got in it and you could tell, and, and which is a good thing to me because you need to know that if your marriage didn't start out with God in it, it can continue with God in it e- even years and years later. So we've been really fortunate in that. Uh, so the, some of the words that were used uh, in this series, especially um, with, with what Jesus is talking about, um, so it's not really in a series, but we're talking about what Jesus was talking about our lust, adultery, sexual immorality. Um, we kind of all got a handle on lust and adultery. Do you guys remember any of the words that some of those guys used for sexual immorality in the in the video? Seems like Sam used a couple of things that I can't remember the words exactly, but I know when he was talking about lust, he wasn't just pointing it towards sexual immorality because he said, you know, we can have uh, the wrong approach towards anything. It can be a, a lust after more money. It can be a lust after a better place in life, better clothing, better housing, uh, just and less can turn into envy really quick. So, I mean, those are kind of interchangeable sometimes and, good. and it's not always like a sexual lust. It could be a lust after something, uh, something else, something material. Maybe that's what I'm thinking too, because it seems like he said something and it went along the lines of the skewed, uh, perceptions and things where we, uh, we can be attracted to a lot of things that aren't healthy and, mm-hmm. and definitely aren't biblical. So in, a Wes, you got highlighted down on one of these deals, uh, Matthew 19, 1 through 9. Um, is there something specific in there that you were wanting to talk about? And I know you got verse 10 uh, kind of highlighted. but Well, Matthew 19 is probably the most specific verse that people will pull out to talk about Jesus addressing what marriage is. Like if, if we had to define marriage in terms of the do's and don'ts, the, you know, criteria that's laid down and people are asking that question, Matthew 19 is where Jesus talks about it being between one male and one female, and that's how God designed it to be. And so that brings up so many questions, it's not even funny, because we can look through Old Testament stuff and see how there were certain men, mainly kings or people of royalty, that had multiple wives. And so we see some things in there that makes us stop and question, Right? is, is Jesus saying that, you know, it's changed? Or is Jesus going back and saying, this is how it was designed. And there are even people that we might look up to in scripture in the Old Testament that didn't do it right. right. That didn't do it the way it was supposed to be done. And of course, he's referring to adultery and divorce at that point when he's talking about you know um, women were treated like property in their culture and who knows how many wives that these jewish men would have but essentially they would just trade in right every once in a while without having a legitimate reason you know the the wives had not you know committed sexual immorality which is supposed yeah. to be the only legitimate reason for divorce and uh, so he goes into uh, how Moses would give them a certificate of divorce because their hearts were hard and, and on and on and on. 
So the point is, is that the two things that Jesus mainly addresses for sexual sin <clears throat> is going to be lust and adultery because homosexuality really wasn't something that occurred in their culture. And so we don't see him addressing that specifically, so we have to look at the word sexual immorality and understand what that means. And because Matthew 19 uh, sort of says anything outside of God's design of one male and one female, that's absolutely permanent. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't just decide however many years into the covenant that you want to start over yeah. with some other person. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I just read verse 10, and I'm going to read it out loud here. Um, this is Matthew 19, verse 10. Jesus' disciples then said to him, if this is the case, it is better not to marry. And I think that's a, a really good scripture for our time and, and the group of kids that we're dealing with. Um, this age group, not the the specific group, just because this age, this is when they're all worried about, well, I don't have a relationship yet. I don't have uh, someone in mind or they don't have me in mind. And, and uh, there's some significance to being single. Uh, I know that Sam and Michael in the messy grace are single because of their devotion to God and their, their normal tendency being outside of that. So they're trying to be faithful to God by, just remaining single rather than acting on that tendency until maybe they they find uh, the one girl. Because if you'll remember, Sam's friend said that, that was similar, I assume, said that he only needed to be attracted to Gladys, talking about one person or, uh, you know, there was one person that he needed to be attracted to, even though his normal tendency was the same sex. And uh, so I thought that was really interesting, but I think it's a, a valid point and something to talk about with us now is um, singleness can be okay, but mm -hmm. why do you think? Why do you think there's a, a? What do you think they mean by saying that you know singleness would be okay? What What's the intent there? Well, it was Paul that said it was better to be single if you can be single, but if you can't, then get married. But it's I think it's more of a pointing towards if you're single, you can devote more time to God and more time to building relationships with other people because you don't have you're not devoted to another person, right? Like as a husband and wife become one, you're devoted only to God and to pursuing that mission of building the kingdom. So I think it was, uh, what it was getting towards was saying that, uh, you can just devote more time to fulfilling God's mission if you're single. Yeah. And, and Paul, to me, it's, it's like, he's saying, if you can't withstand the temptation of, of women, marry one, <laughs> but if you can then stay single so that you can, you maybe can serve better and in a different way. So really, really cool stuff. I think this interconnects well with what Sam was describing with one of his really close friends is that the inclination or desire, whether you're talking about hormones or the chemical, you know, things that we describe that create attraction between men and women. And we'll get into this in Matthew 19. He's saying, isn't it better to be attracted to a person rather than to someone's specific chromosomal nature. And I thought that was just astonishing that we, we normalize being attracted as men to every woman to right, that we right. see, you know, like to a group of people that have specific body parts or, or whatever versus being attracted to some person because of who they are. Yeah. And that is huge. And I think that is what makes a difference 
in in how we perceive that permanent relationship because if you're attracted to that person and it's not because they fit a category Mm -hmm. like i'm going to settle on this person they fit they check all the boxes they're female or whatever for the criteria that god has set up then it seems to me you're, you're settling for someone who might not be that person right and i think deep down we know that because like you could line up 10 women of all different body types and you're not going to be attracted to every one of them you know but there's going to be some and it's not always the barbie you, you know it, it's different for a lot of people uh some people like them tall some people like them short some people like them thin some people like them a little bigger you know i mean there's somebody for everybody so it kind of so it's like we deep down we know that it's not just the female species that we're supposed to be enamored by and just chase after every one of them you know type deal so that's a perfect illustration because it what if the body type that you've decided you want is not the person that God wanted you to be with? I mean, there's, we could go into a list of ways where we miss out on God's destiny for our lives because we have these preconceived notions. Yeah, yeah, we see that a lot where, uh, you know, especially in here, you'll see sometimes where a, a girl will pass on a really good dude because he's not the everything dude. He's not the quarterback. You know, I mean, just for an easy example. We don't even have a quarterback here. We don't have <laughs> football, but, uh, but you know, and, and a guy might miss out because he's looking for the cheerleader and, and he's get, he misses a, a perfect person for him because they're not even looking with their heart. They're looking with their eyes. Stop treating the other person as an object. Start treating them as a person. Yes. So, Which yeah. we start, we're seeing here in the amp station as far as friendships, mm-hmm. you know, we're seeing all kinds of, of kids mix with each other that didn't before because they were intimidated by whatever factor. Right. But then they, they come in here and hang out and do homework, and then they start playing ping pong, and then they start having conversation, and then they start leaving and going to have coffee together. And they would have yeah. never done that before right. because they wouldn't have even talked to each other. Right. And it's the same principle. It's just now let's get beyond that with the opposite sex mm-hmm. and, and relationships as far as that goes. So yeah. good stuff, good stuff. So uh, Sam and Michael make this decision. They decide that they're going to um, – they're gonna live alone for christ what what do you guys think is involved in that decision well i think it's for one thing a sacrifice i don't remember if we talked about that last week with talking about family or not did we talk about um where sam said things that we're going to give up for the kingdom for following christ we have to count the cost and jesus said there'll be things that you give up and he he articulated that the things that would be most valuable to us would be some of our relationships. And the fact of the matter is, is that following Christ is a decision that will cost us relationships because those people will never choose to let you follow or let you live a life uh, that makes them uncomfortable or, or rearranges how you interact with that person and I think I'm getting too technical, but the point of the matter is when you become a Christian, that's what the kingdom is supposed to do is replace right. that family. Yeah, You're not supposed to miss out on anything relationally because, you know, uh, essentially if we're all children of God, we're supposed to all be family. Yeah, I did a message one time and it was about displacement and, and I, that's where I see God at work a lot. It's not a replacement. It, it, it there's a difference when you displace something, you're putting something in its place and it's moving the other out. 
Uh, and that's what I see Christ do so much in people's lives. Is I had things in my life that I enjoyed that ne- weren't necessarily uh, sinful things, but they were things that kept me away from God. And he, and he slowly started replacing those things with things that I, I've drawn to with him. And, and one of them's you know, reading the Bible. That's one of my, my big kicks now is like, hey, we've got to be in the Bible. Or we're not going to get this right. And, uh, and, and he's made it enjoyable for me, and he's given me things uh, to use from it, you know, that I can, I can say things to people now that I've never been able to say before because I just didn't, it wasn't ever even in there. I can't tell you where it's at. I've said that many times, but I can tell you what it says and, and right. know what the meaning is behind it. Uh, and that's a 100% God thing. So I, I can't remember if it's Wes that has, I always say, uh, when I say the word gay, he always gets this look. Um, because I know what he's about to come at me with. And it's this, uh, that these thoughts and ideas aren't about sex necessarily. Right. You know what I'm trying to talk about? I do. (laughs) I still don't think I understand the term gay, honestly. Um, just because when I see people describe someone being gay, it's usually a personality type. Right. And a flamboyancy, uh, a, a, a tendency, uh, a slight tendency, even. I mean, it's a maybe a handshake. You know, it's like. Well, not only that, but they they maybe dress more colorfully or choose things that are maybe some person would consider eccentric they or like creative. Art. They like art rather than sports. If they're a guy, uh, they like basketball rather than art. If they, you know those kinds of things. Which I don't want to make generalizations, no, but I've seen people do that where right. they put people in that kind of box and say, well, they must be gay. And I, I'm like, I don't understand that. I, yeah. I really don't grasp how that is something that automatically categorizes you as someone that would practice a homosexual lifestyle. Because I, to me, that that's dangerous. And also, you know, something I think people would not want to be categorized as far as their identity if they're not choosing to be in a homosexual relationship or 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 do that to automatically make those assumptions yeah and i think that's one of the things that margaret and carly really talked about in the segment where they were talking about she was saying we played army boys together well he was a boy he was supposed to but no one said that i was gay because i played army boys with army men with him or whatever but had he been playing barbies with her it sounds like maybe the way his dad was, it was mm. going to be, oh my gosh, you can't be doing this, you know. And sometimes you're just trying to make a connection with your sibling, not trying to put out something that is a same-sex tendency or anything like that. You're just, you're just trying to be a kid, right. honestly. Goes back to labels. And I'm, li- I'm listening that. to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning because <laughs> no, I, I'm serious because I was one of the. You know, I've, I've told you guys I was super judgmental and. and I told you the story about the the young kid that come to my house when he was like four years old and and I, and he was had some of those things that he was doing and I just I was like that dude's gay now I'm, I'm using the terms how I would have used them then because I wouldn't I would never want to say something like that now but uh, but I just I, I thought because of the things and that he was wanting to play with the people that he was wanting to play with which, which were my daughters and they're awesome so everybody ought to want to play with him you know. Um, but it was that was my mindset was okay. Well, this, well, he was four years old. He hasn't thought about anything sexual at all, you know. And and I'm making that kind of judgment and passing it on him, and and it's unfair. And not only that, I think if you're not careful, if enough people do that within earshot, uh, especially as a parent, if you see those, because I've, I've I've had friends of mine that are 
have been nervous about that. And, you know, your kids sense that, well, then they probably start going, man, am I, you know, do I, at when they get old enough to start understanding that and thinking about it and like, well, I do like this. Am I, am I, do I like other guys, you know? And I think you kind of can put someone into a position that they don't want to be in. And then they get around someone that might try to manipulate that for their benefit uh, and can change life, you know? You hear it enough times, you start to believe it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so hopefully we can get away from making those kind of generalizations. Um, if we have a loving, pure heart, I think that helps us to mm-hmm. uh, look at people, you know, just like if um, when I'm talking about the, the, the way that I have in the past looked at women with a lustful heart, uh, maybe now we could look at people like they're children of God rather than what their action is or mm-hmm. what their tendency is or anything like that. They talked a lot in there about exchanging the truth for a lie, especially they brought up Romans 1. Um, what does that mean to you, Wes? It's complicated. <laughs> Never mind. What do you think about that, Mason? <laughs> I'll defer to Wes. <laughs> so it's a huge, like, ground-breaking, earth-shattering. Let me come up with all the cliche stuff when you read Romans one. And I, I talked about Dr. Rosaria Butterfield to you guys the last uh, Zoom meeting that we had, and she said that that's the verse that changes everything. Uh, in what you see as the issues with homosexuality. I, I kind of get what they're talking about whenever you're talking. It, it goes back to what I was just talking about, honestly. Um, you know, if, if you hear something over and over, it, you can start thinking things that you shouldn't have to think, you know. You didn't ask for that. You didn't bring that on to yourself. But whenever you hear something like that, you start taking that as the truth, and it may obviously be a lie. That's why you're conflicted. If you, if it were something that you truly felt in your heart, and there's so many of things that this applies to, this this applies to uh, uh, intelligence. You know, you got people that think that they're not they're not smart enough. You know, because of they didn't go to college or, or whatever. And, and I can see in people like that sometimes that they were smart enough not to go to college. Because I I see kids all the time that went to college are now in a job that has zero to do with their major, but it was because that's all they could do was find a job in that area because their major didn't work out for them, you know? And, and so it's that, it's that, well, I've got to have a college degree to be everything that I'm supposed to be. And you get caught up in that and lose focus on maybe what God has designed for you. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the easy way out exchanging truth for a lie. The truth is hard. I mean, accepting it is hard. And then the lie is easy. You hear it enough times. You're like, well, I don't know. Maybe I can do that. I don't know. Maybe that is who I am. But uh, the the truth is everything. I mean, if you are willing to fight to accept that, you're you'll be able to get closer to defining who it is that God wanted you to be and where He wanted you to go. Because when you start accepting the lie, you're going away from where God intended yeah. for you to be in the first place. Yeah, that's really good. That's perfect. Spot on, right? It's it like really is because. What I had to say does not fit as well as what Mason just brought out of it. <laughs> he does that sometimes. He does. And if I had to like summarize that, it's the consequences of trading the sacred for the convenient. Nice. Mm. That'll you know? be in the pastor app. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll definitely go in the pastor app. Is is that's you know, you you could substitute different words for convenient. You could say easy, like mm-hmm. what trend. Mason said, or something that's trend, a trend. Right. <laughs> or how you feel. 
all of those things. Convenience really fits because I, I feel like today, Pastor Oakley, um, he said, uh, how do you truly follow, you know? And, and he was like, what is it that replaces your time with God? And he goes off and does this list. Well, none of it's terrible stuff. Doing the dishes. You know, my wife's a busybody. There's times that she can't sit and watch a movie. I'm like, dude, you need to sit down and watch the movie. You need to go to bed. You know what I mean? Because she <laughs> yeah. has to be, oh, there's a couple dishes. I got to rinse them. I'm like, dude, you know, let, let's watch the movie together. And uh, I'm a Netflix hound. I, I watch tons of Netflix. And I'm about all through all of it. So I'm like, <laughs> now I'm on Amazon Prime. And But, you know, it doesn't have to be something bad. But it, it where's your priority? And to check your priority, you see where your time is spent. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's spent on the convenient. It's, it's, I want to be up here praying for a couple hours a day. Well, I end up in my chair watching Netflix instead of coming up here and praying for a couple hours. Yeah. And where Paul goes with this is trading the sacred for the convenient or what feels good or comfortable or whatever is he goes through where we don't find God you know, our relationship with him and all of those interactions as something sacred, as something that has meaning yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and so that kind of gravitates toward the word worship. And so at that point, he says that they exchange the truth for a lie and they begin to worship the creation instead, instead of, of the, the creator. creator. Right? Yeah. And so then he goes into this list of things. And what's so awesome about it is that he doesn't isolate you know, the the natural consequences of homosexuality, which is in there and everything else. But he goes down to the bottom and he just has this huge list of different things that are the natural consequences of being spiritually bankrupt. Right. And that's it. Is that it's We don't think about that when we trade the sacred away for all these other things in life. We become spiritually bankrupt yeah. and empty and, and that's what happens. And, and I think sometimes like, like, like we're talking about, those don't have to be bad things, but they're keeping you from being close to God. And that's where we, that's where we find things. That's where things are answered. That's where, uh, things come to us. That's where the Holy Spirit's freed up to Mm -hmm. work in our life. And we just, we, in essence, kind of turn away from that. It's that barrier again. You're putting that barrier between you and God building up that wall. Yes. That's a terrible barrier, and sometimes I think because we're we're not doing anything bad, we we get lost in the in the idea and don't even recognize. We're just kind of mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, I'm not, I don't feel bad, but I don't I don't feel blessed, you, right. you know, and and I don't know, man. When I know I'm I'm blessed, and that's not always in a good situation. I I love that way more than <laughs> than like eh, I'm just kind of in the, the middle ground. Yeah which he talks a lot about that middle ground. He's not super excited for us to be there. Right. So, well, I think we're uh, about out of time here for this. Um, do you guys got anything else that you'd want to close up with and just anything you want to say real quick about the series and um, other than for people to really go check it out? I mean, you got to watch it. It's, it's mind-blowing when you go. You, it makes you think about the whole not just loving people in the LGBTQ community, but just how to love people. And it, it just yeah. – it, it gives you a new, good and new perspective on everything. What about you, Wes? I've got some other thoughts just rolling around in my mind now from Romans 1. Bring it up. Well, we got we got a few more minutes. I, 
I think that may be one of the reasons why people, you know, think about certain sin as I'm not hurting anyone. Right. You know, because yeah. no, I do know the natural consequences aren't there. I mean, or we've found ways around them because there's a lot of things that we attribute to sexual immorality uh, or consequences that we attribute to sexual immorality. And we found ways to skirt them through science or, or, yeah. you know, get around what used to happen, you know, in Jesus day. So we assume there aren't any consequences right. and they're all spiritual. Yeah. And we don't even grasp the, the spiritual consequences and how that impacts our lives as well as everyone that sees it and it becomes normalized to them. Consequences become self-inflicted at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think goes back to um, Sam saying that we're all attracted to stuff that, that isn't good for us. Right. And it's, it's being able to uh, go to God, being able to trust him in that and, and allow him to uh, steer you through that. Um, and you and you're gonna go through it. You're not gonna go around it. You very rarely go around it. You almost always go through it, mm-hmm. uh, and then on the other side, come out with a little more faith, a little more more trust in God, and a little more understanding in how He's gonna work in your life. I believe. Right. It's a pretty good closing statement. I don't even have to really go too much <laughs> deeper. I don't think. No, it's no, good stuff. No. Um, well, uh, I really love the series. If you get a chance, uh, Messy Grace. It's on YouTube. There's a there's four um, videos. And, and I mean, I think if this is something that you struggle with, if, if, if LGBTQ as a Christian, you struggle with getting past it, with embracing it, with, uh, whatever the, it is, I strongly encourage you just to watch these. Uh, I'm not telling you to, to change your mind. I'm not telling you to do, uh, anything that you don't want to do. I'm just challenging you to go and watch these and see if God doesn't soften your heart just a little bit through these and enable you to maybe grow in love for other people. Because the other thing is, is this really, for me, has opened things up in other areas as well. Uh, I really, really want to, uh, I really want to lose judgment in all of my heart. And this, uh, this series, I think, can help with that because... I say it all the time. Nothing matters without the relationship, but I don't live that all the time. And I, and I want to live that all the time. It's easy for me to preach it and try to teach it, but I've got to live it right. for, especially for it to really matter to the people that I'm trying to preach and teach to. So, uh, I encourage you just to check it out. The last two episodes, if they don't wreck you, then, um, you don't have a heart. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, no, it, it is the last two are, they're pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it all kind of builds up to it. But but I do think it'll give you uh, respect for people that are uh, caught up in that, that type of lifestyle and still trying to live for Christ. And, right. and I think we ought to encourage that, cheer it on, because uh, if they ever, if the platform ever arises, it's going to take someone that has lived in that and lived through that to be able to speak to those people because they're not always going to listen to someone that was straight, just like an alcoholic may not listen to a person that's never drank and a, mm-hmm. a, an adulterer may not listen to somebody that's never been married or, or had an affair or struggled with sexual immorality or whatever, you know? So I think there's something to be learned in that. Uh, don't forget too, that we have our, 
uh, Zooms on Wednesday night. We're going to take the Thursday night one and combine it with Wednesday and just kind of uh, go with one for a little while here, see how that goes. Uh, take a little break on Thursday nights. And then we are uh, still giving out T-shirts. Um, we got a couple of letters uh, since the last couple times that we'd been on here that I've got to send out shirts on. and uh, But send us a, a letter and we'll uh, with your size in it and any thoughts you might have on the podcast, and we'll send it out to you. But uh, we love you guys, and thanks for listening to us, and uh, we'll check you next time. Thank you for listening to the Trend or Truth podcast. This podcast is recorded out of the AMP station in Claremore, Oklahoma. AMP is a Christian ministry geared towards college students and young adults with an emphasis on loving God, loving people, and making disciples. If you like what you heard, consider becoming a subscriber so you don't miss out on a single episode. We release new entries every Monday. Also, rate and review this podcast on iTunes and share it on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk to you next time.